Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Apolima podcast. Ashley, you're making faces at me. No, no, never, no, no never. stronger combination never than A1 think... Bold and Spicy and Graham Crackers. The great mix. What is wrong with you? You know, sometimes uh, you, when like, sitting did you here, just find these things randomly remind, on your desk again? I'm reminded of my most the famous fellow over. alumni, Admiral Stockdale, when he said, Who am I and what am I doing here? I feel like that a lot of times on this podcast. But anyway, Ashley Gorbulja Maldonado from our nation's uh, capital, Jeff Daly, Hollywood, California. How are you guys? Good. I, what are, I, is LA the capital of anything? Don't. Don't answer that, CV. <laughs> he, just, he just starts eating to avoid that. Capital of not having a run game during the Super Bowl, I'll tell you that. Oh! Oh! All right, well, we gotta get going because I gotta go eat my graham crackers. That, that's dinner for me tonight. Graham crackers deserve to be mushed between a marshmallow and chocolate. Okay, that is the proper use of a graham cracker. Not not a not a, not a huge fan of marshmallows. It's something about the con the texture or something. Interesting. I yeah, learned so I much like, about you every time we record. Okay, love me some graham crackers. Let the listeners know that this man is a complicated. Yes. Onion. Yes. Wow. So very, many layers. Very Shrek-like. Very Shrek-like. Complicated onion. All right. All right. So topic one, we're going to rip through this today because we all got things to do. I got graham crackers to eat. Jeff's got his hair to perm or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Ashley wants to go to the gym, which just seems silly at this point, but whatever. Biden's hair should be on fire over Afghan translators being left behind, Senator says. This is from Defense One. It's a story that I've been hyping and I'm going to continue to hype until we get these people out of there. Uh, from the article, there's not enough time for Congress to help translators who worked with U.S. troops get out of Afghanistan. So it's up to the administration to take action now, Senator Angus King of Maine said, said Tuesday. I want the White House's hair on fire, he told reporters. I want them to do everything within their power to solve this problem. I'm not being critical of the administration, but I think it's time to step up their game. He also proposed a few solutions of his own, including temporarily moving Afghans to NATO nations while the visas are processed and deploying troops to the State Department to speed up approvals. Are you drumming for hey, Ashley, what are tension you doing? or something? She didn't even realize she was doing it, I don't think. No, uh, no, it was a weird quirk. Don't worry uh, about it. All right. uh, one of the theories being thrown out there is to fly them all to Guam which seems like a better idea than not having an idea. But Ashley, what do you think on this one? What, I'm sorry, what about Guam? Well, they're talking about possibly taking the Afghan interpreters and sending them to Guam first. It's obviously a shorter round trip from Afghanistan to Guam than it is to say Phoenix or whatever, but. Okay, all right, thank you for context. Um, you know, we've talked about this on our you know previous episodes about the long overdue 
this needs to happen and it should happen. I mean, if, if Guam is a substitute that will help folks get, you know, the proper visa and all the paperwork and all the bureaucratic red tape taken care of so we can, you know, provide them safe haven, right? Sanctuary, considering yeah. all of the assistance they've provided to us. You know, if, if we turn our backs on them now, like other countries will remember that. Yeah. Future, future time, right? Like future America problem, but like, you know what I mean? In context, like if, if we need to take care of it because others will remember. Yeah, it's a bad look. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, we did talk about this before, but now what I'm a little amazed by is the scale. This guy saying if they, to get them out now by September 11th, it would take four flights per day. Right. And to get them out by July 4th would take 16 flights per day. And that's the, that's the problems when you put this stuff off for so long uh, that it does it. The, the dis, this is a diseconomy of scale because now you have so many things that have to be done because the problem has gotten so big from putting it off like the dust is probably under my couch. I, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to deal with it, but uh, I'm gonna to have to, therefore they're gonna to have to. They're gonna to have to figure it out and take a budget from somewhere else and, and just do all the flights and get them here because uh, putting them even in, a, in, a, in another location, you're only delaying what if, they wouldn't be taking them to Guam if they weren't gonna eventually be bringing them here, right? So if you're just delaying for paperwork's sake, uh, bringing them across the border, and I say just get it done and let them be here and start trying to find a new life, get the paperwork handled, and then let them live instead of dying uh, trial by bullet if we abandon them. Yeah, it yeah, seems a little bit, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, I feel like just knowing Guam and the resources and obviously it's it's a pretty big military community there for a lot of folks may not know that um but i just think about all the resources it would take if you're going to have x number of flights arriving there you're going to have to be able to like take care of these folks until you get whatever next you know transportation mode is decided i don't know just we couldn't get water to the superdome for what three weeks but we're going to move all these interpreters to Guam and then do what with them? Like, are they going to get like the fire festival right. sandwiches? Where sandwich. Yeah. Oh, like, gosh. I mean, oh. the end of the, like nobody's putting any thought into this and the idea that they're going to move people from DOD over to state department to work on the paperwork is absolutely insane. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, okay. So you're going to train them to do the paperwork. Like, I mean, if you're plummeting to earth and you're like, I'm going to crash down and, 25 seconds and somebody radios up and it's like we've got a solution it'll take us four minutes it's like that's not really a solution dude like i'm burning up here and that's what these afghan interpreters are the only thing i could think is like get them all to bagram air base and arm them all and let them wait in place i guess until we can get them out i i don't know it seems crazy to me all right let's take our quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you in 30 seconds so you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, and we are back in Ashley. You have topic number two. Okay, so 
you know, I feel like this is like a Where's Waldo situation kind of thing. It's like, where will they end up next? Well, well, listeners and viewers, U.S. military guns keep vanishing, and some of them are used in street street crimes, according to MilitaryTimes.com. So, in the first public accounting of its kind in decades, the Associated Press investigation has found that at least 1,900 that's right, 1900-1900, U.S. military firearms were lost or stolen during the during 2010s. Gosh, it feels weird to say that. Um, <laughs> with some resurfacing and violent crimes. So because some of the armed services have su- you know, suppressed the release of this basic information, AP's total, or the Associated Press's total is uncertain for an uncount, or for an undercount, I guess. Undercount, overcount, there's that's a lot still. So government records uh, from all branches, you know, show that like pistols, machine guns, shotguns, automatic sight rifles have vanished from armory supply warehouses, Navy warships, fire ranges, and other places where they were used, stored, or transplanted or transported. So apparently they've disappeared because of, I don't know, unlocked doors, sleepy troops, surveillance systems that didn't record break-ins and other security lapses until now they haven't been publicly reported i think this is so wild because i couldn't tell you how many times we would be locked down or we could not move because a firing pin was unaccounted for or you know they needed to re like check like at the ammo point like the ammo didn't add up right or you know missing you know pistol like like that is like in at least the army you just like you drop with it. Like if you can't find your weapon, it's everybody's problem. Nobody's going anywhere. I don't know how anywhere. many horror stories I've heard about people going to like the National Training Center and they'll lose like a miles harness, which is not even like an inherently, it's a miles harness. Oh yeah. And then the next thing you got the entire unit at double arm interval walking across the desert looking for this stupid thing. Like you're telling me 1900 guns went missing. That's crazy. Jeff, what um, do you got? Well, first, I, I I wouldn't write it off as the as the army is the the prime example because I read a different of thirteen hundred of these nineteen hundred were from the army, but at, uh, before the show, CB, you were you went on a little rant about things with serial numbers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna because you didn't bring it up, I'll steal yeah. it now, but I remember a bayonet that I couldn't find in the Marine, they they serial they serial number bayonets, and I was like. I don't have that much rank to lose. Don't take it from me. So I mean, it was it was a whole thing. Like scared, yeah. scared, like out of my mind that I was going to lose something. And I can't even imagine because it says sleeping troops. I can't even imagine falling asleep on duty and then having weapons missing. Like that would be the end of my existence. If they didn't kill me, I probably would have just dropped dead myself. Yeah. out of a sheer heart attack of shame so i just don't get how this many weapons for so long it wasn't like it wasn't like it was in a, a crime spree of over two weeks or like oh we figured out a security breach everybody go get guns it was like a long friggin time and and it's being used in street crimes what that didn't send a congressman who wants to make them names for themselves so they can be a senator that didn't send them straight to a freaking press conference to handle this i don't get it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like have my head fully explode here but it's 
I don't like from my experience, this seems impossible. Like it literally seems impossible for something to happen on this scale for such a, a period of time. And I, I, I just surveillance systems didn't work, break ins, break ins, and other security lapses. Tighten it up. I, I couldn't get to an MRE unauthorized, but these people are freaking stealing weapons. It doesn't make, I don't get it. Well, it goes back to the story last week about the homeless guy wearing Mickey Mouse ears that somehow got on the VIP airplane. Like, I, I, I fundamentally yeah, don't I understand. There's just the, the slightest thing would have sent our entire company into lockdown for Lord knows how long. And yet somehow we've lost 1,900 firearms. And we're just hearing about it now. Like, I, I don't know how many horror stories I've it's heard. It's over a decade. It's over <laughs> like a decade ago. Crazy. Starting. Crazy. All right, we are moving on. Jeff, you have topic number three. Now you're going to make me calm down so I can start yeah, the I mean, story it's, fresh? It's, I, the, as soon as I saw the story, I was like, I don't, I don't understand how this happens. I literally right. don't. And the thing is, like you and I had talked about it too. Every armorer, every supply guy, every lieutenant, every captain, every first sergeant that signed off on all this stuff, they got to be gone, right? Like, I, I can't imagine that there's like, a, oh, hey, my bad. Uh, you know, I lost the 240. Like, um, well, how do you, you don't lose, how do you lose a 240? Oh, let's get up. My brain is melting yeah. as, as a, as a former someone who did cruiser weapons and a bunch of, I, mm, mm, yeah, I it's crazy. Nope. Crazy. All right. Let's talk about boys nation. Yeah. I want to, I want to tell you a little story before I finish it with a little personal anecdote. I know that, you know, it's become one of the most notable photos in the history of America. A young Bill Clinton was at Boys Nation, shook the hand of President Kennedy, grew up to become president himself. And people talk about he's the only he's the only president uh, that's come from that's come from Boys Nation alumni. I mean, they've been elected to Congress, state offices, and local political posts, but never president. And Bill Clinton tells that story all the time. And I don't know if you guys know, but I'm going to be on staff at, at Boys Nation and. I hope that someday some young man will tell the story of meeting Jeff Daly and being inspired to be an underemployed actor in Los Angeles. That's, that's my dream, that's my goal. And so all you little boys nation students out there, come find me, come meet me, move to Los Angeles and watch your dreams die slowly. That's uh, all I'm saying. Wow, that was so inspiring and sad. <laughs> At the same time, I'm so indifferent. I just, I don't know. How many, <laughs> how many presidents of boys nations went on to have acting careers? Ooh. Mm. Oh, well, super producer Holly might have one. Super uh, producer Holly knows what I'm getting at. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to remember his name, but he was on Vikings and Sons of Anarchy. Ooh. Yeah. He was uh, one of the, one of the Kings on is, is uh, super producer oh. Holly going to, Come on, Donald, you and let us know. No, it looks like she's oh, wrote Donald it. Donald Logue. Donald, Donald Logue. Logue. Let's give a shout out to Donald Logue. Yeah. Uh, right. Who is probably a better actor to model one's career after than than me. But I I love. I'm really excited to go. Uh, I know Mark, you've been and I don't know how many boy states you've been to, but a lot, right? I, I think this is like 
because I go to I, I go to Virginia every year and I've been to California and I've been to Minnesota. I think it's like my 22nd total Boys State. I love I love going to Boys State. I talked to you about this. I love Boys State, didn't like Boys Nation. And the reason was because Boys State, you get some free radicals that are really bad behaving kids. And that's where I specialize. Give me the bad kids. The good kids are all eh, too goody goody for me. They can take care of themselves. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what is it I'm going to tell kids at Boys Nation? Like, study hard. Well, I mean, they're all valedictorians. Like, they're studying harder than I ever dreamed of studying. Ashley, so, did, did you go to did you go, go to Girl State? No. Oh, but you had did you do... even heard of it? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Because I do... learned about I learned about Boys State from the documentary. Mm-hmm. You didn't know about it before then. I've been aware of both Boys State and Girl State since my you know time starting in the American Legion on Ohio. Um, our but post, not before. Not prior to no, not like I don't think anyone had, to my knowledge, had really advertised any of that at the high school that I graduated from, and yeah, I had heard hit- about it. It, it just it real honestly later on learning just like how the district kind of comes into play. I learned like how some of that is formatted and how posts decide if they can sponsor like one or two uh, folks. Uh, so it just varies, I guess. Um, but I've heard about it. I will be um, a counselor for the Virginia Girl State. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it's, it'll be my first time. I've, I don't know what to expect as a counselor. I'm, I'm hoping to learn more in an upcoming meeting because I'm a little clueless. <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. I'm just gonna be the best person I can for these ladies. That's what I got. Your husband's chief responsibility as my junior counselor is to be awake when I'm not. So he is going to fit this bill excellent because he strikes me as the kind of cat that doesn't need a lot of sleep to begin with. Me, on the other hand, this doesn't come naturally. This needs at least 10 hours of beauty sleep a night, and I'm not getting it, which is why I seem to be pixelating right in front of your eyes. I'm like, like just evaporating i'm like just frosty. full yeah. mcu on us you're just gonna I, no i'm like frosty on. in the middle of summer i it's like olaf you know when olaf is like yeah. he's, i like warm hugs and then he melts that's what's happening to me i'm just oh you like warm hugs and then you melt you're no, such a softie I, I cannot stand hug. hugs are the worst thing i'm gonna make sure world. i give you a big hug i don't recommend it I, I get so awkward and so wildly uncomfortable that I become like a stick figure. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's horribly awkward. Wow, you're so complex. So oh, I really am. I just, I don't oh. like hugs. Don't like I don't know how we went from Boys Nation to hugs, but you know what? here's a fun, here's a fun game things. for you, Mark, if you don't like it. A long lingering one. Just whisper in their ear. I'm going to hold this till it gets awkward. <laughs> they will do all the work after that. Yeah. 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 You uh, bet your butt I'll do the work. Robert's a hugger too. You better watch out. Oh boy, watch I out. can't wait to hug Robert. That should be spectacular. Not like the 35 boys that we have in our city from across Virginia will be a little freaked out by Grandpa Winter there hugging Robert Maldonado. All right. All right, let's roll on with our bad selves. We will take our second commercial break and we'll be right back in 30 seconds. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We are in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people, and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. 
Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. We got to go real rapid. Yep. All right. Rapid fire. The Navy concluded that transmedium flying submersibles were possible a decade ago. I'm not going to go through the entire story, but basically what they're saying is that they can make a submarine slash airplane in one. Now, I'm well aware of the fact that Tony Stark of Stark Enterprises from Marvel invented this, but where has Mr. Stark been lately? Ashley, what do you think about submersible flying aircraft? I'm all about the Stark tech. If we can do it, let's build it. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. It's like, why? I'm okay. seeing a lot more applications in the civilian world than I am because I want one. I would love to be able to have a submersible flying driving vehicle machine just for my own use. I also, and, you know, and if they've had these for this while, for this long, I, I wish they would have uh, replaced some of our other amphibious modes of transportation. <laughs> that are less than optimal for uh you know surviving arrival as yeah. we've learned in some incidents coming up yes. recently so this technology could actually save lives before engaging with the enemy it, your your transportation shouldn't be uh that high on your danger list so i'm, I'm hoping this trans i'm hoping that this technology can be used and can be used um to increase our safety and effectiveness. Yeah, I, I actually just don't understand what <laughs> it's going to be used for. But I'm sure the I'm sure the Navy SEAL guys are like super excited about the airplane slash submersible thing. I just don't know that I really see what role it's going to play. But hey, more power to you. All right, combat controller from the Air Force. He earned the Air Force Cross in Afghanistan, and now he's been awarded an Airman's Medal for heroism back home. And I'm going to read this uh, briefly, but Master Sergeant Daniel Keller, he had received the Air Force's highest award for non-combat bravery for rescuing a motorist from a burning SUV in Kentucky. And the story is pretty wild because with, that, with complete disregard for his own safety, he broke the rear window and entered the burning vehicle. Um, and this is, uh, the story is just wild. So you should probably go and read it. The story is in military.com. And he also had already received the Air Force Cross from a battle with Islamic State militants in Afghanistan. Stud, Ashley. Very impressive. I read his story and I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Just wow. Not to go back to Marvel, but the guy went full Hulk. He broke in the window Hulk. and he, yes. he ripped oh, the so dude out MC the side. Yes. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? I, I, I kept fact checking it because it says Air Force. Uh, but this is this was this was great heroic all of the all of the above well deserved awards and medals and yep uh, hashtag hero yeah he's uh, legit yeah this the combat controller guys are awesome I actually did an embed with them in Arizona and New Mexico one time and they were among the most fun people I've ever hung out with they are like they are spectacular they're all like sort of like they're basically army sf type guys and also air traffic controllers and all this other stuff those guys are wild they're comms geniuses and they're super fun so i'm a big fan of the combat controls all right uh <laughs> this one's for you ashley 
Rapid Fire 3, Army may go back to job-specific scoring after all on the new fitness test. This is from military.com. Total game changer, isn't it? Like, who could have seen who this Who could have coming? seen this coming? Like, who would have thought? Oh, boy, Shacker. Literally have been watching this since the beginning. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's it. That's all I have to say. This was so going to happen right from Jumpstart. There is a great quote in here I wanted to read. It's from the Army Chief of Chat. Chief of Staff, General McConville. He said, I took it last week. I think it's good test. What we want to do is move forward with implementation. It gives us a more fit force. And then he goes, if you're a ranger or in a fitness type organization, I would say you want people with certain level of fitness. If doing something else like a neurosurgeon, you might be more concerned with that person operating than leading the battalion in PT. Yes. Pretty spot on. Congratulations. Figured like, it out. Do I care that my pack clerk got a 300 on a PT score? Or do I want him oh. to be able to write down combat infantry badge correctly on my DD-214? I'll take option B. Option do I B. want a neurosurgeon who can do 4,000 pull-ups or do I want him to do brain surgery? Maybe if they're I'll take full, option B. full package. But Jeff, what do you think matter. on this? I think it's I think it's entertaining that you guys have a branch that has neurosurgeons and and things yeah. like that. And the problem with the problem with the Marine Corps would be everyone is an O three, yeah, uh, an O three hundred, yeah. right? So everybody has that first basic rifleman MOS, and everybody has to be prepared uh, to engage. So it, it it's a this is a foreign concept to me for treating uh, MOSs differently. Uh, because it's just it's just not what I was not what I was used to, and I and I don't think the Marine Corps has changed in that. Everyone, uh, everyone's still a basic rifleman, and um, you know. Yeah, I mean, you guys are a lot tighter, and I'm not taking that away. Yeah, and small, we're just like, so small. We don't we don't have our own doctors. We don't have right. Uh, we don't have any of that stuff. I mean, so I get I, I I it's kind of a foreign concept to me. But if it works, it works. I guess. I, I, I've been bemused by this the whole time, and I continue to be. Didn't they just make it really too difficult in general? And now they, this is their walk. This is their walk back. It wasn't necessarily. It was a part of it was that that women were failing at a higher rate, and that was creating a lot of strife because we're not talking about like women who are in the Ranger Regiment. We're talking like just your average female medical personnel is she's got to take the pt set and then she's rated by everyone else and so if men are scoring this much higher women are scoring down here and then they go to promote it's creating more and more gaps as you move along it, it was a i don't know i thought it was a crazy concept right from jump street but ashley do you agree with that or what <sighs> just yeah whatever <laughs> um well, yeah, I, I can't. I don't know. It just the I whole just, thing's I silly. Know. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why they've been fighting about this for like ten years, and it's gotten super, super old. Jeff, do you have a shout out for us today? I don't. I'm just gonna have comments on the other one. All right. Well, mine is uh, to. I gotta get the post here. American Legion Post Four in Mount Clemens, Michigan, which is apparently uh, what Grand Rapids area. And they had 70 or 80 bikes uh, riding together and they were raising money for the American Legion Legacy Scholarship Fund. 
And what is important to me is not just that they were doing this because a lot of posts are doing great things. They actually did it right. And they reached out to the media and they got media coverage of this, which keeps adding on to this. 100%, you guys are my shout out for today. And I'll just say hashtag pure Michigan. And then I will also say that that's part of the, that's part of the new membership plan out here in California is getting posts, not just to do awesome stuff, but to broadcast it. You can start making relationships with media and, and sending out releases and information. There you go. So good. Ashley, job. did you have anything for us today? I, I do. I have a, it's actually a bit of a challenge. Um, so you guys remember when we interviewed our friends from Backpacks for Life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, they did a really cool roundup for Women Veterans Day on June 12th, and they are running what we are calling a lipstick challenge. So what is a lipstick challenge? It's an interactive way for people to get involved in supporting women veterans while encouraging people to get out of their comfort zones, to create change and share the message uh, about our sisters in arms that shouldn't be fighting battles alone. So it's really about allyship and uh, supporting uh, women veterans, not just on Women Veterans Day, not just on Veterans Day, and not just when all hell breaks loose at Fort Hood. It's about being there throughout the entire duration of our careers, being the allies, and then also in transition. So. I just wanted to kind of, you know, throw this out there for folks that, you know, you can share a video and a picture of yourself, uh, you know, a shout out to a women veteran saying thank you to women veterans, encouraging women veterans to share their stories and um, put some lipstick on. So that's for both the guys and gals. It's a bit of a uh, anomaly, kind of like breaking taboo social norm. Um, it was really cool um, for those that are watching the video. So uh, Backpacks for Life actually work, who's out of New Jersey, by the way. They do a really cool promotion and they're working with a beauty company that made them a Roger Red. So it's a grab your favorite red lipstick for all my, my lady vets out there and for any of the guys that want to support. So, I mean, you know, Jeff, if, if you want to try red lipstick, I don't know if it's any relation to like a red crayon, but... You know, I just want to throw it out there that this is something cool that our community is doing and someone that we've interviewed and I'll make sure that it's in show notes. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to, for those who are watching, I'm just going to put some awesome Roger Red lipstick on to just solidarity and support of women veterans. So. Yeah, you strike me more as peach. It is not uh, peach. Look at it, it's red. Oh, you want a peach? I will. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to show my allyship with uh, chapstick. I'm not even going to do that. I don't like anything <laughs> on my lips. I don't like wearing sunglasses. You like hair I, on that top? Lip. I don't. That's it. But I you like can do a beard. beard. You can like have this full beard, get crumblies all in it. And like you're like, I can't touch I, anything on my it, lips. It freaks me out. Like, ask my wife. I, lipstick freaks me out. I don't know why. I, I have a lot of idiosyncrasies. I have a lot of wrong. questions. Ask your wife. And that's not. That's not. Yeah, 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 I do well. too. Well, hey. luckily, I got to keep her sequestered from you. All right, folks, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. While you're there, don't forget to rate us, preferably five stars, and leave us a review. You can send us feedback and love notes on Tango Alpha Lima at legion.org. All right, folks, guys, I'll see you next week. Bye.